You are listening to episode 65 of Exit the Drinking Live podcast. Welcome to Exit the Drinking Live podcast. I am thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Debbie Talbert. I am here to teach you how to change what you're drinking without shaming, blaming, and judging yourself for your choices so that you can create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Hey, my friends, I am thrilled to be back with you guys today and welcome to those of you just joining us. I'm always so excited as we, as I, I get to do these episodes and experience this time with you guys because every time I am going to do episodes and I'm planning them out and I'm about to record them, I put myself into this space and this state of remembering exactly where I was, how much self-loathing I was experiencing, how hard my struggle was, so that I can have the compassion to come here and be present with you guys, as well as guide you out of what I call that messy middle, right? That middle where you start to ask yourself, am I drinking too much? You start to bring in more awareness because the question, right, the bre- the question came into your brain and your brain's wanting to answer it, right? And so then you're starting to notice with your prefrontal cortex all of the things that are going on with you around alcohol. And you're noticing the hangovers more. You're noticing the headaches more. You're noticing more how much you're consuming, right? All of this awareness has been brought into your forefront of what is actually going on between you and alcohol simply because you ask yourself this question, am I drinking too much? And then your brain is working on helping you to answer it. And once you start to then notice that the answer is more than likely yes, maybe, yet you're, you know, you're not really sure because you don't really want to admit it, right? It's scary. You don't want to have to think about this. It's kind of like the way I like to, I call it a relationship with alcohol, right? Because in the beginning, when you first discover it and you're first drinking, it, it's really answering, it's solving a problem for you, right? It's, it's helping you with either social anxiety, which was what happened to me in my case, or it's helping you forget about things, or it's helping you have more fun, it's helping you fit in, it's helping you do the things, seek the pleasure, avoid the pain, right? And then connect with other people. And those are three of the key things that our brain wants to do, right? And so it's really, as far as you know, initially, your brain is sensing and feeling like, okay, this is a great relationship. It's almost like when you first meet somebody, and you're very attracted to them, and you have this chemistry, and you have this connection, and everything is going great, until the newness of it wears off. And then you start to notice some of the things that aren't so great, right? And it's it's almost like the opposite in a relationship, right? It's almost like the opposite of what you were so attracted to also becomes the thing that becomes the most annoying at times because it's maybe the opposite of you and you're like in my situation, I like to do things quick, fast, 
quick pace. And my husband, he wants to question everything, look into everything, explore everything. And so we have this. And so it really helps me to calm down and to slow down. And then I also get him to like not always question everything, have more fun, be more spontaneous. Yeah. And so you're finding that in the beginning, that's really a lot of fun. And then you dive into the relationship and you're because your tendency is one way and their tendency is another way. You start to find yourself. Oh, my God, that thing is driving me crazy. Right. Until you pause and relax and kind of, you know, figure out what's going on there. That's just like a tiny example of like what goes on in the beginning, right? And so with alcohol, I call it a relationship. And I viewed it after I was able to like leave it. It was like, oh, this is why it was so hard is because alcohol for the longest time had been my best friend. And then I started, once I started questioning, am I drinking too much? That's when I started to notice all of the things that I didn't like about alcohol and then discovering some of the truths about it and then also how I was behaving and then I wasn't liking how I was behaving but then I also wasn't liking that I couldn't figure it out that why did I keep wanting to turn to it and it's and it's so different with alcohol than it is with the bad relationship you're in right because when you're in a bad relationship with the um, opposite sex, same sex, however kind of relationship that is that you have, when it's a bad one, and you tell your friends the things that you're not liking about this relationship, your friends are there telling you, yeah, you're right, you shouldn't let anybody treat you that way. Woody, you shouldn't be putting up with that. Let let me help you get out of this. Let's not do that. You are too good for that, right? Yet, when you mention to your friends, or even say something like, as the airplane goes by, and we have the windows here in Florida, sorry about that, and you listen to your friends, and like you're talking to them, and you may say, I think I'm drinking too much. When it comes to that, your friends are all like, no, you don't. We all drink the same. You're fine. You're not that bad. That's okay. Let's keep doing it. Let's go have a drink and forget about that, right? So you don't have that sounding board that you that you can bounce off of and that support right, where somebody is there helping you notice what the person is not doing right, how they're not helping, treating you the right way, and encouraging you to stop putting up with that behavior. But yet when it comes with the drinking, and you mention it, you're told the whole total percent, 100% opposite. Oh, it's not that bad. We drink the same. It's okay. You're fine. And so then after that, you are unwilling to share anything with your friends, yet you do have your own story going on in your head and your own personal awareness about how much you're not liking what you're doing when you're drinking, what happens to you after you drink too much, what it feels like, what's really going on around you in your life, yet you feel like you have nowhere to turn for that. And so that is the space and this that I've created inside Exit and Beyond membership. And that is where I want to be that person and I'm my intent and hope is I create that same space here with the podcast, right? Is that I'm that person, even though on the podcast, you can't really talk back to me like you can in the membership where I can coach you and we can engage back and forth and I can help you see really what's causing you the true pain and help you come up with a situation and a solution and a way to, to get out of the situation. 
yet you can hear tools here on the podcast that are going to help you with that. And so that's the space and stuff that I've created there because it's really, I want you to help you get out of that pain, that messy middle as quickly as possible. And so um, that's really the space I'm creating here. And so one of the things I noticed the most and the what's really, really needed in order for you to allow yourself to really um, do the opposite of what the rest of the world is doing, right? Delay your gratification, lean into the discomfort, be okay with this new thing, trying new things, and being okay with going against the grain. Those are all the things that you're going to be asking yourself to do in order to exit this drinking life, right? And so that is why I've created the tools of the E-X-I-T, right? And that's part of the process that we go into. And so one of the key things, though, before you will even allow yourself to get into the space of being willing to exit, right? To even try out the skills and the tools that I have and that I'm sharing with you and the work that's to be done inside the membership site before you'll even allow yourself to get into that space you it's necessary for you to have the first thing is to have a compelling reason right and sometimes a lot of times you're going to hear this as to be they call this a why right like your big why well the first thing I want to kind of debunk here is that in order for you to do this there's not one big why right what I have found for people and what helps them to develop the resilience to keep going when the messy middle is here and when you're in this where the most awareness is and you have to be very conscious and cognitive of saying no to the drink and experiencing all your emotions again, when you need to build up that resilience. And yes, you do need a why and a reason and it does need to be compelling for you, right? But what I have found that works the best for people is when you have more than one, right? Because it's one of the stories in a recent coaching session is a client was her, one of her compelling reasons is that her child, who I can't remember how old, was three or four years old, and she remembers the pain and the anguish that she saw in her son's face when he said to her one day, Mommy, I don't really like who you are when you have purple teeth. And that really hit her hard and hit her to ho at home. And she never wanted to see and face and experience and feel that from her son again, because she could see his face. She could feel his energy. She could feel the angst in her own little baby's life, right? From something that she was doing. So her compelling reason that is very compelling. It's easy for her to go against the grain, delay her gratification, lean into her discomfort, and try out all these new things when she's actually at home. However, when she's out with her husband on date night and having the purpose of date night, right, is to not be in mom mode, right? That reason isn't all that compelling, right? So for that situation, she needs another compelling reason. And so for her, her reason was she wanted, wants to be fully present and aware and connected on date nights with her husband, 
right? And so that allows her, so that reason is compelling enough for her to continue to follow through with her exit plan, right? And whenever her brain is bringing up all the signals and the urges and the desires of alcohol would be a good idea right now in some way, shape, or form, her compelling reason is strong enough that she's able to allow the urge so that she can continue on with what she wanted to do and honor her compelling reason, right? And so my tip, the first one I have here from this episode is that, yes, you do need reasons and whys and compelling reasons for you to be able to allow yourself to go through this messy middle part to experience the breakup session, so to speak, right? And so in order for you to really experience that, you're going to need to be have these compelling reasons to help you to build up your resilience and to stick with your commitment, right? And so I want to encourage you to come up with more than one compelling reason to really ask yourself what it is that you would like different, what it is you're not liking about alcohol, like what is it making you behave? How is it actually making you behave? And what would be the opposite of that? And how could you turn that in a variety of situations into a compelling reason for each situation, right? And so the easiest way for you to do that, there's two different ways, right? So there's two ways that you can go about doing that. You could do what I call the five whys. So you would put down one reason. And then so let's say your first reason is because I don't like having hangovers. Okay, why is that? Because I don't like that the rest of my day is wasted most of it on Saturdays and Sundays, my only two days off is wasted with me trying to recuperate and I don't have the energy to do what it is I wanted to do. And then I feel like I start Monday behind. And so why is that? Why don't you want to start Monday behind? Because I want to feel less anxious and hurried and rushed throughout my week. And I don't want to feel all this underlying anxiety because I feel like I started off my week behind. And so why don't you want to feel like that? Because my life is better when I don't feel like that. And I have more fun and life doesn't feel as hard when I don't feel have this running feeling in my body that I'm behind, right? So those would be like you'd ask yourself the five whys based on the answer that you gave from the first one and then break it down and why into it, right? And so that's going to help you get deep enough down to have a reason be compelling, right? And so the compelling reason could be, I'm not going to drink on Sundays because I don't want to start my whole week behind and feel anxious all week long because I know when I drink on Sundays, that's what's going to happen to me. Or even on Saturdays and Fridays, right? What does it actually do to your weekend? So try that on and see if, and having more than one reason. Now, the other way you could do it is to set a timer, just set a timer for two minutes and write down every single solitary thing you can about why you want to change this, why you want to exit this drinking life, why you want to end this cycle of drinking, over drinking, shaming and regretting your actions, right? And so write down as many as you can in that two minutes and then circle one and ask yourself, is this one compelling enough? Will this one help me build up resilience and stick with my commitment? 
All right. And so that is the episode that I have for you today is really help to help you come up with your compelling reasons. Because on the other side, the compelling reasons for you to drink right now, they feel very strong, right? They happen to be, if you actually look up the word and the definition compelling, those reasons to your brain, they feel very, very compelling, right? So now for you to build up your resistance, stay consistent with your plan and stay committed with your desired outcome, which is exiting the drinking life, then you need to have compelling reasons on the other side that are deep and compelling for you. And I personally recommend that you go with the five whys, asking yourself the whys five times. However, if right now, all you're willing to do is do the two minutes and write some stuff down and try those on, right? And so here, even with this, what I want to invite you to do is use exit in here, right? Examine, explore, experiment with these, with what you come up with. X out the ones that aren't working. Ignite your curiosity around what might work better. How could you shift up the thought a little bit just to make it a little bit more compelling for you to build the resistance, stick with the commitment, right? And then how can you trust yourself to figure it out? Right. And so use even with this that I'm sharing with you, use the exit philosophy and allow yourself that gift. I want you to know that I have been exactly where you are right now, stuck, feeling trapped in this drinking life, worried I would never be able to find my way out. I am here to tell you it is 100% possible. If I can do this, you can do this. If you want to take what you've been learning here on the podcast to the next level, head over to jumpseatcoaching.com because I have created a variety of resources for you over there. 